Welcome to Whatever It Takes Radio, helping you do whatever it takes to succeed in marriage and in life. Hi, I'm your host, Paul Speed, and today I'm sitting in the studio with my wife, Nikki. Hello, Nikki. Hey there. Well, I must admit that was difficult. I knew it would be strange, maybe. Yes. Um, after years of doing ministry and podcasts with Jenny, I thought, how do I say that? In other words, with a different name there, but I did it. You and did. I started. Did I started, and it's okay. Are um, you a little nervous? Being I am a little nervous. One? Yes, this is the podcast I've dreaded. Um, every time I've thought about ministry after Jenny passed away. For those that don't know, um, that maybe haven't been aware of what's going on with the ministry in the last few years, my wife Jenny passed away in May of 2019 from breast cancer. And um, so it's been about two and a half years. And um, the, the podcast previous to this one were obviously all Jenny and I. And um, and she was the communicator. She was the communicator. So not only did I kind of dread this because I knew, I knew I didn't want to just go back to podcasting or doing things with the ministry like that. I um, I knew if I did, I would need to give an update, kind of like what's happened, uh, what what went on in this black hole space. Well, that's what this one is about. Um, for those again that have kept up, um, I've been. Um, single um, since Jenny died until this year and Nikki who's with me now God brought into my life and we were married this year and um, that's been an incredible um, ride for me and it's been a huge blessing and part of this um, kind of bringing about this day is the fact that you and I have some podcasts we want to begin to do and share with our audience yes but I needed to do this first. Yes. So like I said, I knew this would be a different type podcast than what our listeners may be used to. Um, definitely difficult for me. Also different because Jenny was an external communicator. Yeah. Anybody that's listened to our previous podcast or that have heard us speak publicly, she was the communicator. There's no doubt about that. She was a verbal processor. Um, it's her gifting. She was words of affirmation as far as love languages go. Everything about her was um, verbal, talking. If it was going on in her brain, it was coming out of her mouth. So um, when we were married, though, um, I didn't communicate. I had a very difficult time with that. She knew that. I knew that. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, opposites attract. I was drawn to the fact that she could share thoughts and feelings so eloquently and so what seemed like simply effortlessly and for me just getting a a complete sentence out of my mouth seems difficult at times so I loved that about her and um although as problems arose in the marriage then of course I hated that about her I'm like why won't you be quiet and she's like why won't you talk so our opposites you know what what they say about that and how pros that and be cons that's right it begins to um, aggravate what you used to love but um, if you know our history, obviously our testimony is based on the, the years of me also lying and hiding, coming into marriage with porn and lust and masturbation and those type issues, and then hiding that for 14 years. And then what God did when I came clean with Jenny and that got exposed, and that's when the ministry started. So um, Jenny was all those things. And... Um, and she kind of taught you how to speak, well, didn't she? Yes, she did. Because, again, 
this type of ministry was not on my radar, nor hers. Right. We were both missionaries when we got married, but um, I could talk about the gospel all day long, but talk about me and my failures or my mistakes. Um, I bet you were really looking forward to that. Yeah, I didn't do that. So um, after coming clean with her and God bringing us this direction, everything changed. But you're right. Jenny was the verbal uh, processor in our relationship and also in our ministry. So I learned to speak from her. I learned to speak publicly. I would break into cold sweats on a stage while she's grabbing the mic. <laughs> Give me two microphones. She didn't care. Uh, she was always frustrated when they would give her the signal that your time is up. She's like, I want more time. I want more time. That was, that was Jenny. <laughs> and um, where I'm like, let's leave now. Why even wait till for the signal? So, but she taught me during those years, what I didn't realize was happening as I was learning from her. God um, put us together for that purpose. I think that was part of it. When I remember in the early years when we would speak at conferences together, people would compliment us and say, you guys are so amazing. I could never do that with my husband. We had other conference speakers come up to us and say, I could never speak with my wife. You know, we'd get in a fight, whatever. You guys look at like it just flows, you know, so easily out of you guys. But they don't realize, I mean, Jenny and I would walk onto a stage with four or five bullet points, just one sentence. We want to make sure we cover these points. And then from there, um, I would usually start and my brain would go blank after about 60 seconds, <laughs> three Help. or four sentences, and I wouldn't know what to say. I'm nervous. There's lights. It's not me. And so I would, we had signals, and one of the signals was if I could find her foot next to me, I was stepping on it. So oh, no. bless her heart. Bruce does. Her foot was always sore after we spoke. So I would step on her foot, which was code for it's time for you to save me. And she would. She couldn't wait for that moment. In fact, she, there were times she would want to step on my foot, like, can I jump <laughs> in here as I got better and better at talking? But the truth was, um, I would either tap her on the back or I would step on her foot, which meant um, my brain is going blank and I don't know what to do or say. And she would just step in. She would communicate. She would pull a story into what I was saying. That would give me four or five minutes or sometimes more to regroup and rethink look at my next bullet point and hear kind of the storyline she's taking because she was the storyteller. She's the one that added the emotion to um, what we shared where I was more the teacher side, the dry side. So she did. She taught me how to speak emotionally. She taught me how to speak publicly. Uh, Four Days to Freedom, my own ministry that I do by myself, I would have never been able to do had I not learned from her and God not used her in my life. So I'm very grateful for those things. But yeah, so podcast um, You're was the same way. You're putting practice now well, what she's taught you. Well, that is true. And even in podcast, I didn't have to step on her foot. I just pointed at her, which said, okay, I don't know what else to do here. You need to speak up. And she couldn't wait for that moment. But, um, and I know with you and I, and I think in the next few podcasts, as we share more of our story and your backstory, and the things that God has taught us going into marriage. You've said to me before that I'm the verbal processor. Oh, when we first met, he talked, 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 yeah. talked. And I was like, he's not an introvert. <laughs> I know. And I think part of that may be nerves, obviously, yeah. you know, feeling nervous or whatever. But I think you and I, as we talked about it, I began to see I really have learned how to be um, an exhorter, a verbal yes. processor, one who can step into that role. It's not natural for me. 
Um, but I learned how to do it through the ministry opportunities that God put Jenny and I in. Yes. So I am grateful for that. But today what um, what Nikki and I wanted to do is kind of give an update. Um, before she and I began to roll out some podcast of our own um, with the ministry, we wanted to kind of give an update of what's been going on this last two and a half years. Where have I been? And um, what has that been like? And that's one reason I think I've dreaded this one. In other words, it's been a hard, hard two and a half years. Um, uh, a lot of pain, just a lot of um, adjustment, that sort of thing. And Because um, you weren't even too sure what life looked like for you with your wife being gone or ministry. No, I didn't. I've never. My dad died right after I came clean. But... Um, and there was some sadness there. There was some real grief and some feelings of loss over some things. But obviously it didn't touch me anything like losing Jenny. There's a spouse. A spouse. that, I, You know, a parent who loses a kid. Um, and I've got friends that have been through that. Um, someone that loses a spouse. Those are, uh, they, they almost feel like a totally different level. And, and um, You really don't difficult. really know how to walk through that because you've never had to do it before. That is true. And that's why... This um, this time was really tough. I, I look back now and I see God's hand in a lot of ways that um, I couldn't see at the time. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you know, belief says he's there, but experience, I don't know where he is. Kind of like David would write many times. And that was what I felt. It was um, really, um, really tough. Personally, just that Going through grief, again, like you said, I've never been through it at that level for sure, personally. Yes. So, What did that look like for you? Well, um, dark, <laughs> yeah. um, despair many times, um, just real, real feelings of loss. Like, um, I don't know, kind of like you feel everything is over. It's um, no control, like you've lost mm. all control in life. In other words, you... I really don't know almost how to explain it. It's it's it was such a dark place at times. Even though as a believer, as a Christian who know there's an afterlife, who I know that Jenny finally got what I hope I get, and that yes. is to live in heaven with Christ the rest for eternity. Um, but yet, on a personal level, the gut wrenching pain, the sleepless nights, uh, um, the memories, those type things, um, super super difficult. Um, I remember. God being very patient with me. Yes. Uh, in other words, I didn't. And there were times I was obviously very mad. Yes. Mad at God. In other words, when you go through something like this, you know, God, you could have stopped this. God, mm -hmm. why didn't you heal All her? The questions. Yeah. God, why did you let us come this far only to let this happen? Once again, God, you've let me down. Mm -hmm. Those type feelings. And um, so I've got that emotion going toward God. I remember one time just walking along the beach was in Florida on a weekend and I hadn't gone to the beach because Jenny and I love the beach. So there was a part of me for months and months I couldn't go when I was down there and um, just the memories and all. And finally I knew I had to and it was late one night. So I went out at night and just walked down the beach and just cried. And I feel like I screamed at God, you know, yeah. I just had to get some things out and but he was with me. Yes. You know, he never left me nor forsook me. No, he was very patient. He was very patient. And um, I felt his comfort at those times, but yet still empty 
full of him, yet empty. It yes. was, it's a paradox almost daily sometimes. So, And part of that, I think, was knowing the right thing to do. Sure. But then experiencing it with God was something totally different. I had a lot of people that stuck with me during that time. And one of my good friends in California, Tim Case, reached out to me. and um, Somebody Tim, who'd walked through it before. He had. He had walked through this before with the loss of his first wife. And, um, you know, I just so appreciate God putting him into my life. And one of the things he, he told me in a text one day that, Paul, just be careful. He said, you're going to have memories. And he said, and the good ones are going to um, make you feel um, a real longing, um, missing that person, a feeling of loss, but in a good, sad way, if it's that makes sense. Way. In a healthy way. And he said, but if you're not careful, and he, this is where he cautioned me, he said, negative memories, obviously, years of failure, sure. lies, deception, mistakes, we fights we had had. Um, even though they may have been resolved, it's still like you saw that as a waste of time, whatever else. He said, if you're not careful, you're going to look back on those that are negative and it's going to, it can turn to regret, um, kind of feelings of, of um, remorse or guilt. Um, shame comes mm -hmm. from that. And I was, had begun to do that mm -hmm. and I could see that, um, he was right on and I needed it at that moment when he spoke it to me because I was beginning to feel that looking back to so many, it's that feeling of I can't make this right. Yes. And it's a horrible, horrible feeling besides the loss and everything else there. So do you feel like that was a turning point when he sent that text? I do. It helped me to begin to, um, look at those memories in a different format. I, I began to, to ponder, um, I think the way God created men also to be able to compartmentalize. I'm not so sure this works for everyone who's lost someone. But for me, I, I kind of began to look at mine and Jenny's 31 years as a box. This was the box we had and it had children in it, had grandchildren. It had memories, vacations, ministry, work together, houses we bought or built, things we did the good and the bad, but it's a box and that box is over and I can dwell on it. I can continue to miss it. I can continue to dig through it to, to dig up memories and all that. Um, and none of those are necessarily bad, right? But I can't recreate it and I can't keep living in it. I've got to move past that. And that was the part I, I don't think I wanted to accept or know how to accept. Exactly, because you've never done it before. I've never done it before. So I was stuck there, and I'm like, well, what does a new box look like? In other words, I... Yeah, because in that box is also ministry. Correct. And how was it difficult for you with the ministry side with Jenny's passing? Well, the ministry side was, uh, again, like another unknown step where does this go because <clears throat> you guys always did it together ministry it was, was Jenny and I yeah. um, it was from our story it was from what God had shown us it was 14 years of marriage uh, with me lying and hiding um, hurting her deeply and all those things then coming clean the things God taught us um, openness and brokenness and what that looked like and humility and the lies that we believe and how do we overcome those and so many things releasing judgments toward one another as God would teach us over the next 16 to 17 years, we would share those with others. And that became the base of the ministry was our story. Even and the I, couples intensive is something you always did together. That was the hardest, I think. And the first time we had 
um, done the couples intensive, um, it was really difficult. Ray and Jane Alvarenga, friends of ours that even run them now and um, help with them, which are amazing. They've done them in Mexico. They've, they're, they're so gifted in it um, and what God's done in them. Uh, I had to leave the room multiple times, just sitting in the back, just hearing them, watching them, um, remembering mine and Jenny's story or what this looked like with us. And um, super, super difficult. It's gotten easier now. In other mm-hmm. words, to sit through there. But in the early years, I didn't know. And then what, is, what does that look like? Jenny ran the Hope Weekends. Exactly. What is that going to look like in the future? Do I do we stop doing hopes? Because you certainly weren't running hope. She was. And that's exactly right. This was her thing. So I knew that she would, um, she had good friends. She had invested a lot of time in um her friends and the other women that ran Hope. And that's another part that just amazed me was seeing her closest friends step up and begin to serve and run. And the way God had gifted them, you know, they're not Jenny. They're not going to do it like her. But they've got their own giftings and the way God has um, orchestrated them. And it's a beautiful thing to watch now. In other words, so as far as ministry goes, um, the couples weekends, the hope weekends, and of course the freedoms have moved on. They look a little different, but the core is still there. Um, by way of the teaching, what we have seen God do and accomplish through them. It's just a beautiful thing to watch the different people that God has brought up to help in that way. And that's one of the things about even my own walk. When I look back over the last two and a half years, I do tend to isolate in other words, I'm a loner. Um, I would, if given to myself, I'd rather be alone sometimes than in a group. And having good friends, my best friends, and they serve with me through the ministry, they're they're there for me. Having them reach out to me and stay connected with me was yes. powerful. Um, you didn't seek down into that pit. Many, many times. But like you said earlier, I didn't even know that the pit was there because yes. I've never walked through this before. I'm reading books um, on grief and learning from that. Um, I was uh, part of a counseling program through my church that worked with um, people who had lost a spouse or lost someone close to them. And it was um, kind of a grief share program. And um, my mentor there had um, lost his wife several years before. And that was it's one of those times where I hated meeting with him, but then the moment I was meeting with him, I felt like he was me. The things he said, I'm like, it validated what I felt, yes. what I was thinking, and I felt so safe and comfortable with him. So things like that were hugely beneficial to me. Um, again, team leaders and so even reaching out to me, but also my kids. Yes. That was a beautiful thing, and that is still going on today, just to see the friendships and some of the women that reach out to my kids and the guys. And um, because a lot of different things, you know, I may view it one way, an anniversary, a birthday, a holiday. One may mean more to me or less to me, but then I began to notice shortly after Jenny passed that to some of my kids, certain ones meant certain things that didn't necessarily feel that way to me. Yes. So in other words, I thought they would grieve over the same things that I grieve over or the same losses. And that it wasn't that way. So, um, so it's probably really comforting to have other people reaching out that could understand those losses and how they were dealing with it. Absolutely. I think extremely 
beneficial for me and a blessing that I can never, I don't think, repay. Um, but to, just to see God's hand again and not forsaking me, not leaving me, even bringing you into my life. In other words, <laughs> Uh, you know, when I met you, I said, I never want to get married again. That was <laughs> yes. one of the first things for our <laughs> listeners, you guys listening. I told Nikki, I'm kind of embarrassing now. One of the first things out of my <laughs> mouth when I told her is I never want to get married again. I'm done with that. And, God uh, knew better. <laughs> yeah. And yet here I am married. So, uh, but God did know that's, that's the point. I think is that, um, at times when it seems so dark, um, didn't know, what the next day held or the next minute sometimes God did. And um, that's the beautiful thing is he never leaves us nor forsakes us nor gives up on us no matter where we are in that process. So he draws near to the brokenhearted and he's there even if we don't feel it. Yeah, totally. And because of that, I'm so grateful. Yes. Um, because again, like you said, I didn't know how to process through this. And, and he knew that. He knew, and I'm still processing, and you've been a part of that too. So um, I'm very grateful, grateful for God, that his persistence with me, that God is not through with me, That's is right. not through with the ministry, is not through um, with a lot of those things, my kids, and that God has used people, incredible people around us to encourage us, to bless us, to have faith and belief in me. To sacrifice on my behalf. Um, to you know, I keep thinking God um, uses all things for good. And though Jenny's passing has been very difficult, it's been neat to watch how he has raised up other people that normally that wouldn't have happened. You know, mm -hmm. and it's been a blessing not only that they've helped you, but now they're blossoming in the ministry. Other people are stepping up and... God's all about multiplying. Right. And he's beginning to do that. Right. Well, and that's been super encouraging. They've been a blessing to me and also the ministry. So I think, you know, as you and I begin to talk about what would ministry look like with us, because again, when you and I got, began to talk about getting married, I told you several things. And uh, for the listeners, just so you'll know, next week, not next week, sorry, our next podcast um, is going to be. Nikki sharing her backstory, um, which is powerful. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. But then also, we want to share the things that God prompted us to put into place before we got married, some things that we needed to work through um, that I think has really set the course that you and I have had over these months, um, and it really benefited us. And um, I'm looking forward to sharing those yes. things. But um, also... You know, that whole box concept, you know, the, the box I'm living in now, you're a part of that. Yes. And, but as far as ministry goes, um, I had told you, you know, that number one, you were serving it with hope, the women's weekends yes. at that time. And I'd asked you, once we get married, would you stop that for a while? And I said, I don't want, uh, not necessarily the pressure, but I want you and I to learn how to be husband and wife. And what does that look like? And, and I you said, were very adamant for me to know that it wasn't a Jenny 2.0. Right. I didn't want... That you weren't marrying me to keep the ministry going. Correct. In other words, I was marrying you because I loved you. I wanted you to be my wife. But this w wasn't about, you're right, the continuation of WIT Ministries. And um, and I think we've done that. Yeah. And we've kept that focus. And that's brought us to this point of saying, you know what, we've got some things we do want to start sharing. And I think in the upcoming podcast... 
um, that's going to give us that opportunity. Yes. Um, so as far as what Nikki and I have been doing in regards to that and the ministry. So is there anything else you can think of that? Um, I don't think so. You've, you've done a wonderful job. Well, I know it was difficult. It was very difficult. And um, like I said, I have not looked forward to this, not look forward to this at all. But you did and, it. But I did it. And I'm grateful to the listeners. You know, I will say over the years, uh, these last couple of years, I got a lot of encouragement from people all around the world. And um, wherever you're listening from today, I want to say thank you. Um, I don't deserve it. I'm not a superman. I'm just a normal guy. And I can't tell you how many days I told God, God, why couldn't I just have a regular job? Why can't I just go back to my normal job? Why do I have to have a ministry that involved my wife that you allowed to die, et cetera, et cetera? You know how that the would question, sound. Sure. Questions on and on. And um, because I think that is part of my escaping, but being where God has me, I can't escape. Okay. This is me. This is my life now. And um, and now that I'm two and a half years past, I'm grateful. At the time, I couldn't see it, but I'm grateful now. But I'm grateful to the people that reached out, have prayed for me, prayed for my kids um, over these last two and a half years. Grateful to the people in ministry that have taken up the baton when you couldn't. Absolutely. Um, unbelievable support. And um, just amazing to watch God work in them. So I do have a lot to be grateful for. And um, so thank you, listeners, for allowing me to just share this um, update with you guys. Um, looking ahead, um, I know Nikki and I are going to be sharing her story, what that looks like. Um, it's an amazing story and then how God brought us together. And then also some of the incredible things that God had us put into place that um, we were wondering how they would impact us. But now, being married months down the line, we're able to look back and go, wow, it's one of the best things we ever did. And yes. those are some things we want to share um, with you guys in upcoming podcast. So thank you for being with us today. And if you've got further questions or want to know more about Whatever It Takes Ministries or how we can help you, please contact us through our website, witministries.com, or call us at 336-310-5050. Thank you again for joining us today. And until next time, remember, your life can be different if you're willing to do whatever it takes.